His favorite was um, Rolex Daytona. 116520 steel with a black dial. I don't have anything against Rolex, but his looked like a knockoff. So before we left, I bought him a Tiffany CT60 chronograph, 42 millimeter, with a blue dial and a black alligator strap. No, blue alligator strap. Blue. Yeah. The case. Rose gold. I wanted it to be a surprise. They even used a payment system that kept purchases vague. So if he'd ask, I'd say it was a donation to a charity. I knew he wouldn't push if he thought it was for a good cause. I was going to give it to him on our last day. But things didn't work out that way. It was supposed to be a couple weeks in Hawaii. Nice end to a long tour. My boyfriend, Mike, is a comedian and a writer. His manager booked him a world tour, 20 cities, with his comedy troupe. Oh, those guys. Which that was made up of him, Kirk, Tyler, and Lee. Mike loved having me around, so I tagged along. I traveled the world because my boyfriend was pretty good at what he did. And the least I could do was get him a thank you gift since Mike paid for everything. I always made sure he knew how wonderful he was. I'd tilt my head slightly to the right, not the left, the right. I'd lift my chin up half an inch, lower my shoulders, and smile, only exposing the top row, making sure not to bite my lip or squint. He had to see the sparkle in my eyes. That was the first trick I learned. The next trick was how to say, I need you can't act needy. Never act needy. You act like a damsel with a big heart and an open mind. Modern day damsels are smart. Long gone are the idiots who walk into a smoky building hoping someone will save them. You make him feel like he can save you by killing a spider helping you walk on gravel or whatever, stuff like that. Third trick, be surprised by the mundane. Once upon a time, my boyfriend used to be so funny. But when he went through a messy divorce, he had to play nice. He had to be nice. Now, I didn't know much about him when I first met him, so I researched him and his troop, and they did some crazy shit. Now they do social commentary and stuff. It's funny, but anyone can do that. He said it's because he was older, but it's really because he can't risk it. So when something happens, 
I acted like, whoa, <laughs> you're like the funniest person ever. Because the fourth trick, be accommodating. Argue and fight a little bit. Keep the juices flowing. But in the end, always accommodate. He doesn't want a hassle. He wants simple and easy. The fifth trick, be quiet. Mike didn't start dating me because I was a genius or inventing cures for diseases. He thought I was hot. He wanted someone hot to sit next to him and make him look good. And I wanted a free drink. So when we uh, got off the plane and we started driving away from the sponsored hotel and away from the venue, away from civilization, I tried to keep those tricks in mind. Something wasn't right. I asked him where we were going. That's when Kirk piped up and said that their manager got them a good deal to stay at this resort. Really, it was Mike's deal. Those boys couldn't afford a place like that, not without Mike. He wouldn't have to pay for any of the rooms or the services as long as we promoted the place and the products and stuff. And if we left early, then Mike would have to pay for everything. And Mike quickly was like, we're not leaving early. When we got to the hotel, all the employees were smiling and really nice. Our personal butler showed us our room's menu of services, how services worked, and the rules of the facility. So first, one of the rules, everyone had to be in their room by 3 a.m. It's like a curfew. He said because the maintenance crew needed the time and space to fulfill their duties with no interruptions. <laughs> I had never heard of that. And since the resort was a healing center, alcohol was served between 9 p.m. and 12 a.m. only. No other alcohol was sold before or after that time. And my Mike, a functional alcoholic, he didn't mind. And that that freaked me out. Also, this meant he was going to be binge drinking. I waited until the butler left to complain about the location and the rules, but Mike wasn't having it. He reminded me that I traveled to 19 cities around the world for free. And if a few rules were going to be too much, then he'd send me back to L.A. <sighs> I didn't get why he was being such a dick. I never complained. Never. I was just uncomfortable. But he didn't care. And that's when I figured this was it. He was tired of me. <sighs> but there was hope. He said part of the deal to stay there for free is we had to participate in a couple's retreat. Usually I'd laugh at him, but I thought this might be good for us. Good for me. 
That night, we, meaning me, Mike, and his friends went to dinner. And <sighs> dating a comedian can be exhausting because you have to laugh or give the impression you're amused. <sighs> With the lack of alcohol and the impending doom of my relationship, I didn't feel like playing along. I moved to the bar, which was an absolute tease. All the alcohol was there, but nope, couldn't touch it. I thought to myself, what would they do if I jumped over the bar and chugged one of those bastards down or put my face under the tap? <laughs> you look bored, someone said. I turned around and this tiny South Pacific looking chick with long hair and the waist I'd always wanted stood with her arms crossed like she was disappointed in me. I shook my head with a tiny little smile and wide eyes, remembering who I was with and not to embarrass him. She said again, You look bored. I turned back away from her and said out the side of my neck, I'm not. I'm tired. We just got here. This place is beautiful. She leaned in, like over my shoulder, in. It makes him look bad when you're bored. Now, this bitch had gone too far and I popped my head back and she saw my reaction and said, See you tomorrow, Daisy, and left. How this chick knew my name, didn't know. But looking back, <laughs> every staffer knew my name. Hello, Miss Malone. Hello, Daisy. They were always smiling. They could be cleaning the toilet and they'd stop and say hello while smiling. But this chick, her smile was different. When we got back to the room, Mike was drunk from binge drinking, like I thought, and just passed out. But I couldn't sleep. Something was off and I couldn't figure it out. The next morning, Mike showered and ate some fruit I ordered for him. He said we had to do the couples retreat thing today. But he'd be going with the men and I'd be going with the women. And I said, okay. And I kissed him and he left. I didn't even try and dress up. I mean, we we're probably going to do some yoga, align our chakras, or recharge our raw, or some shit like that. I just went down in maxi dress and lip gloss. And when I got off that elevator, guess who was waiting for me? Yep, that chick. From the bar. Who said I was bored? She was waiting for me. Morning, Daisy. I'll take you to your couple's retreat. Now, I wanted a headbutt this chick in the face and the tit anywhere like a goddamn woodpecker but i'm daisy malone and she can't do things like that she took me to the small office that had one desk and a pile of papers for me to sign i asked her what's this and she said waivers stuff like that think of it like a gym membership i sat down i felt the, the weight of it said a gym membership is like five pages this is what 45 i'll be back in 10 minutes to collect them she said and closed the door <sighs> bitch i sat down and i read maybe the first four pages and nearly collapsed god it was dense and i didn't want to be in that room all day reading things i didn't care about so i initialed signed and dated everything and she came back 
She looked through each page and nodded. I'll take you to the conference room when they're ready. Now, usually, people go over the documents and make sure you understand them. But she didn't. And I sat there and I got this feeling like they didn't want me to understand what was going on. But remember, be accommodating. Be quiet. But I was in that fucking room for hours. I mean, all goddamn day. It was like 9 a.m. when I went downstairs. I kid you not, it was around 7 when she finally came back. I mean, don't get me wrong, I knocked and banged, and but they locked the goddamn door. <sighs> Sorry, I don't mean to curse. I was just pissed. But I didn't want to make a scene. And that bitch knew it, smug and all. She said, they're ready. But I smiled, no teeth, all squint. I followed her to a conference room. I walked in and there were three other women there. But there were no chairs, no, no table or tables, no pictures on the wall, no trash can, no windows, nothing. The only thing in that room were me, the three other girls, and that chick. Now the first one, her name was Lexi. <laughs> Kind of tomboyish, you know, but still feminine. It was a good balance. She looked around, hands in her pocket. They cover this place in plastic. I think they were going to kill us. But without it, maybe they're just going to sell us off. Janice, the second one. Yeah, she didn't think it was funny. She wanted to leave. She went right up to that chick that kept us. <laughs> she let her fucking have it, pardon my language. She was like, this is fucked up. You fucking wasted my time and my money sitting in a room doing nothing. And then the third one, Joy. Oh, God, sweet Joy. She just looked around like she was following a fly or something. Then that chick turned her head and like, this guy, not even a guy, a mammoth sized freak of fucking nature walked in. He was, he was huge. He had at least seven feet tall and was big as fuck. Okay. Janice got quiet. Lexi didn't say shit. And Joy just kept following the fly. I stepped back with the others and we kind of huddled. My apologies, ladies. This quiet and soft voice from behind me said the big fella the mammoth sized man he stepped aside and there she was the lady she wore a light colored sweater that showed off her neck and collarbones short gray hair day makeup with a nude lip cute slacks and burberry pumps we needed to verify a few things to complete your files and develop a comprehensive and customized treatment plan. All of you are in arrangements that are not fulfilling. We want to help you take control and turn your arrangements into relationships. <laughs> <sighs> oh, 
Janice jumped right in and said that she and her boyfriend, Trey, had known each other since they were 17 and they'd been together for 12 years. 12 years and no ring. Janice got real quiet. There are two types of men. One man, let's call him clever man. A clever man wants a woman who comes to the relationship table with something to offer. Education, work experience, connections, resources, money, personality, and looks. She doesn't approach him empty-handed. If a woman did, he'd shoo her away because the second man, and let's call him Merry Man. A merry man wants a woman who comes to the relationship table with nothing, empty-handed. Why? Because he's a festive man. He wants to share all the things that make him happy with her. If a woman approaches him with more to offer, then a merry man will feel sad, inadequate. He longs to share, and if she already has it, What can he give? Now, there are two types of women. One is a woman who can take care of herself, and the other is a woman who wants to be taken care of. The first, let's call her platypus. (laughs) No, no, no. No need to snicker. A platypus is one of the most independent mammals on earth. You could learn a thing or two. The other, let's call her an owl, shall we? An owl is clever, but covert. You ladies want to be taken care of. And you're with merry men. And they want to share with you all the success. But something's wrong. Joy. Joy, your boyfriend, David, is twice your age, and he belittles you, and you let him. There's a difference between taking care of a woman and raising a girl. Your childlike behavior was attractive, but it's time to grow up. He's older, and he will need your support and assistance with his health. Lexi, your boyfriend... Leslie Cohen, he's an interesting choice for you. Now, she's got a point. Leslie Cohen was a music producer who got me too'd and had three or four active lawsuits against him. I think before coming on the trip, two of the charges were dropped for lack of evidence, but still, ugh. Lexi, you're smart. Maybe too smart for your own good. Knowing his faults, you permit him to use you as a prop to convince the public he wouldn't do those things if he has you. That you are plenty and more for him, and I quote, Her love gets me in bed, but the sex keeps me there. He needs a strong woman, but not a punching bag. Daisy. Mike's afraid to be alone. Traveling from country to country, being on television, it's isolating. 
He wants companionship, someone to talk to and bounce ideas off of, and someone who won't leave him. But you could be anybody to him. The only person who means something to him is his child. You are just for right now. We need to make you important to him, not a babysitter. A person he counts on. Janice, your long-time boyfriend, Trey, has repeatedly cheated on you. Janice right there stopped her, and the lady was patient. Janice defended her relationship and made it clear to everyone in that room that Trey needs her, wants her, and it's nobody's business. Ladies, you want to be taken care of, but you're doing it wrong. You want to be kept women, but you're acting like gold diggers. <laughs> no. All of us jumped up at that point because we were like, we're not gold diggers. You know, we can't help that our, our merry men want to give us shit and we give them shit. You know, it's a trade off. Janice. Why would you stay with a man who's known you for 12 years, but doesn't want to have children with you, doesn't want to marry you, and frequently cheats on you? You may not like the term, but you love the life. All of you do. We're in a sisterhood. Our jobs as kept women is to be supportive protective, and dependable for our men, and in return, they take care of us. A kept woman conditions a man, trains a man, controls a man. Don't believe me? You're all based in L.A. Have you noticed the men there tend to date the same type of woman over and over and over again? It's because we've trained him. We've taught him the best woman for him are women like us. Because, ladies, if he actually dated a platypus, she'd recondition him and we lose him. It takes work. But right now, all you have are little tricks. Because the men have conditioned you, trained you, control to you. A gold digger asks for half of his fortune, and she'll even get the courts involved. A sloppy gold digger uses her children, extorts money in their name. If you agree to participate and accept our help, you won't have to ask for anything. He'll want to give it to you. He'll feel obligated to care for you long after your relationship is complete. Not gonna lie. I peed a little. This lady had me shook. I, I, I couldn't think. Then she clapped her hands. <laughs> and I shit you not, monitors came out of the walls. I didn't see any creases or patches. It was spy-level shit. 
and all the monitors had CCTVs. Just, there's like 12 small little, like ones per TV. Different parts of the resort. I mean, one monitor had one CC. And it was of our guys. They were sitting in a cabana about to smoke cigars. They looked like they were having a good time. Definitely better than us. She stepped up to Joy and asked, Do you agree to participate and accept our help? And Joy just nodded. And right then, looking at the screen, a server offered her boyfriend David a plate uh, with a cigar, matches, and a cutter. Lexi, do you agree to participate and accept our help? She nodded. And the server offered Leslie a plate with a cigar, a box of matches, and a cutter. Janice, do you agree to participate and accept our help? And Janice told her to go fuck herself. She told them to kiss her ass, her asshole, her pussy, her kneecap, and, and shook her head, demanding to be let out. The lady, she turned towards the monitors, and it was a, a different server who offered Trey a different plate, a different cigar, different box of matches, and a different cutter. Janice noticed this too, and she stopped, and she stared at the monitor. Trey cut the cigar, he licked it, sucked it, then cut it. Lexi piped in and was like, may I have to do all that just to smoke a cigar? And the lady just shh and pointed at the monitor. Trey lit it, took a few puffs. It was quiet. The video didn't have any sound. All you can hear was us breathing, our heart beating. We waited and waited. Then Trey's face changed. His eyes searched for something. He leaned forward. He dropped the cigar. He started coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. He pulled at his chest, pulled at his throat. He tried to stand up. He dug his fingers into his face. He just dropped to his knees with his mouth open and he was reaching out to something, someone, anyone. The chick said, Uh-oh, is he allergic to selfish? Janice tried to leave, but the mammoth man blocked her. Every time she hit him, he just sigh like. Phew. The chick said, "If you want to help him, answer her question." Janice ran to the monitor, and she cried. Me and Lexi, we held on to Joy. We were all shaking. 
Lexi finally said. Say yes! Say yes for Christ's sakes. Janice, do you agree to participate and accept our help? And Janice screamed, Yes, bitch! I laugh about it now. Right then, a, a server ran over and injected him with one of those, um, I think it was an EpiPen. Joy was crying. Me and Lexi just held her. Janice was focused on the monitor. She watched, you know, I think a medic come over and, and help him. He was getting better, but yeah then the lady approached me and I quickly said yeah yeah just give him the goddamn cigar the lady was amused I'd rather her think I was amusing than difficult each day you will have an assignment to complete your completion will benefit your arrangement if you fail, your men will suffer. So don't fail your men. That chick and her mammoth man walked to the door and waited for the lady. But before she left the room, she turned around and said, Welcome to the sisterhood.